understand and just talk about that because usually if I don't understand it, there's other people whether they'll admit it or not that don't understand it. So um, just for instance, the, the scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I did not understand that scripture for years, did not understand it because I would always go, well, I want the Lord. You know, why does it say I shall not want, you know? I mean, for years, that's all I thought, you know. And one day I was just sitting in church and it just hit me. Wait, you know, I get it. And now I think there should be a semicolon. The Lord is my shepherd, semicolon. I shall not want. Two different thoughts, right? Anyway. But so I want to start in Hebrews 4 and 14. And I'm using the New King James Version. So it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And the word I want to talk about a little bit is that word confession. Hold fast to our confession. Um, Hebrews 3 and 1 says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, Consider the apostle and high priest of our, there's that word again, confession, Christ Jesus. And Christianity has been called the great confession in the book of Hebrews. And so I want to talk about this word confession a little bit. I instantly go to some sort of uh, movie or TV show where it's like the uh, cops and robbers type show. And they always catch the bad guy and they always have him in a room always like interrogating the the robber or the villain or you know and he will never talk and or he, or he always lies and but finally you know they wear him down and he says oh oh you know I confess it was me <laughs> right I confess I, I was the one who who uh, ate the chocolate chip cookies that's that's at my house they always my family always says did you eat I can't believe you ate all the, the last of the chocolate chip cookies and I always say, you have no proof. <laughs> you have no proof it was me. You can't prove it, man. We know it was you. I never confess. <laughs> but a confession is just a statement of truth. And we need to have one true confession, one true statement of truth in our lives. And, that, and the statement needs to be, that the Bible, the Word, all of it, every scripture, every page, is the truth. That's the one confession. That's the one statement we need to have in our lives. But the devil has a way of coming between and getting into your confession. And he has a way of coming between you and the Word so you're almost reading it from back here. The Word's there. You're here. And there's a... There's a wedge in between, and it's a passive way of reading the scripture. And I don't know if that's the right word, but that's my word that I'm putting there. It's a passive way of reading the scripture. And what you do is, for example, the scripture says Paul and Silas prayed in the midnight hour. And so you begin to read the word in such a way that you're back here, and you're saying, man, that's awesome that, that they could praise in the midnight hour. Man, I wish I could do that. See, but I believe the Bible was meant to be more personal. 
Right? We, the, you, you read the stories in the Bible, and they were meant for so that you could duplicate those things. And so in Isaiah 53 and 5, this is an example. Just hang on with me. They're high tech tonight. Even my son's uh, notebook and map. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Here's the part I love. By his stripes we are healed. It's really easy to read this verse in a passive way. But what helps me out is if I put my name, I think it's okay in some scriptures to put your name. By his stripes, Marcus was healed. When I'm sick, by his stripes, Marcus was healed. By his stripes, Don was healed. By his stripes, Jenna was healed. When something about putting your name in that scripture, it begins to make it personal. I believe that's what we need to do in the scriptures is get get away from reading the Bible in a passive way. But instead, getting into the Bible in a way that it's personal and you can say, you know what, if they did it, I could do it too. I could praise and sing songs in my midnight hour. When I'm going through something and and you you don't feel like praising, you don't feel like it, but it's it's the, the word of God defies logic when it comes to these types of things. It's not logical to praise God when you're going through a tough time. But the word of God defies our logic. You can praise God through anything. Praise can deliver you through anything. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's not possible for Paul and Silas to be in the, in the prison that they were in and be singing and praising God. How is that possible? That's, that's, the, that's the miracle of the word of God. And so I believe we need to come out of that passive way of reading the Bible and come back into a more personal way. Amen? And when we have this passive way of reading, we begin to have two confessions instead of just one. One On one hand, there's one confession that says the Bible is truth, always. In any situation, the Bible is the truth. But there's another confession that says, no, the Bible may be true. And this happened to Eve in the garden, if I can remember this right, when God said, you should not eat of the tree of life. You can eat anything else but of the tree of life. But then the the devil comes in, and what did he say? He said, oh, did, did God, and you can read this in Genesis, did God say you couldn't eat of the tree? And so the truth began to get pushed a little bit, and she finally ended up eating of the the tree of of life. I want to say the apple, but it's probably not an apple. They say it's a papaya, but that doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? She ate the papaya. No. Anyway. But we can't only confess just one part of the Bible. If you're going to confess that part of it is true, you need to confess the whole thing is true. How do you confess, you know, um, by his stripes that you're healed when it's difficult to do? It's easy for um, the scriptures to become twisted 
And so you'll read it and you think, it's true, I know it's true. But then the devil comes along and says, well, maybe it's not true. Maybe it's, maybe that was for that time. Maybe that's not for this time. Maybe they were talking to this group of people, and maybe they were talking to this, and it's not for you. Because when, when things aren't going too well, it's hard to, it's, it's so easy to, to begin to back up from the word a little bit and get further away. You can read it, but it's just not the same. It's just not as personal as it was. And you begin to think, did God really say that? Is that what God really said? Faith holds on to the confession of the word. That means even when I can't see it, even when I don't feel it, the word is true. All of it, every page, not just the parts that I can, that there's parts of the Bible that you're probably good with and parts that you struggle with, but all of it from front cover to back cover, all of it's true. When you're clearly losing battles and you, and you can stick to your confession that the word is true, you're clearly losing battles, but you know the word is true. And you can say, I'm going to win. You know, I'm going to stop right here. I have a, I just want to give you an example. I, I have people in my life that I've watched them from afar. And uh, I have an aunt who is probably the most godly lady that I know. She, she's the most joyful lady that you'll ever meet. Always has a smile. It's interesting that they had four kids, and two of them were perfect, you know, good grades, um, well in school, had a, had a relationship with the Lord. The other two, though, they went and they got rebellious. Same household, same parents, took them to church. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. But they became rebellious to the point they're on drugs. Um, one of them was looking at prison time. Um, the other one was just, I mean, just, you know, in and out of jail with the drugs and things like that. And they also had this um, three-story mansion of a house. I loved it when I was a kid. Because I felt like our house was a cracker box after after being in there. Their living room was the size of our house. No joke. They had two living rooms. And so, but anyway, stuff happened, and they lost their house. And so now, you know, they have the kids or, or have gone wild. They've lost their house. Um, they're having to live with family and all this. And yet, she never lost her faith. She never turned on God. She was faithful. She didn't lose her joy. She would go and sing and praise the Lord. And so as the Lord began to move, her son that was in jail is now in the ministry, got saved. Awesome testimony, right? Got saved. He travels all over the United States doing tent revivals. Amazing. God's working on, on their daughter. But through it all, even the three-story mansion of a house, was giving back to them the deed to a brand new house, to a brand new garage. It has a pool in the back, paved driveway, brand new, given to them. No strings attached. There you go. Unbelievable. She stuck to the faith. And even 20 years ago, you would have said, she's, you know, your kids are, you know, they're, they're not going to make it. They're this and that. It'd be easy to start saying, my kids, oh, what's happened to my kids? Woe is me. Somehow, she, she stayed through it. 
her son wanted to be in music ministry so bad, and everybody would, would tell him, you're not good enough. You don't sing good enough. You don't play good enough. And even he had the faith of his mother somehow. He just kept playing. He just kept singing. He just kept writing his songs. Even And everybody was telling him, you're not good enough. And now he's doing what he loves. He gets paid to travel the United States and sing and be on and lead worship for, for the tent revival. It's awesome what God can do even when you don't see it, even when you're losing those battles. I wrote here that you are the richest, most powerful force on the planet. And I say this because in Genesis, I use this a lot because I love it, but Adam was laying there. He was lifeless. God poured out the breath of life into Adam. Now, you can put your name there as well. God poured the breath of life into Guinness. God poured the breath of life into Francis, right? So you're the only, you're, we're the only force on the earth that carries God with us, the Holy Spirit with us. There's nothing else, right? The reason I say you're the richest people on the planet is because of your inheritance to come, right? We may not have much here, but nobody has much here. Not even Bill Gates has much here, not compared to heaven. I have a hard time thinking about heaven and how big it is. The Bible says there's four levels to heaven, I know that. But it has to be so much bigger than the earth. It's, it's big. One single room of heaven would contain hundreds of millions of angels. It's grand. Your inheritance to come is grand. Whether you know it or not, you're the richest, most blessed people on the planet sitting right here. And I want you to know that your words are powerful. What you say is powerful. And in Proverbs 18 and 21, and we read this verse. I'll give you a second to turn over there. But it says, oh, I forgot to turn there. I'll just read it off the screen. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words are powerful. There's scripture that says, confess with your mouth if you want to be saved. So what you speak, what you say, is powerful, a powerful thing. That's why we need to stop saying things like, oh, my sickness. Oh, my messed up marriage. Oh, my messed up kids. Oh, my messed up finances. I think you have to realize exactly who you are. The devil would like to put a gap between you and the word so that you read it passively and not personally. But God wants to remove that gap. He wants to begin to show you who you are in Christ. You can say, you're allowed to say things are going to change. Why? Because I said so. You, you contain the Holy Spirit inside of you. you. I've been saying this lately, just to myself. I hope nobody heard me, but I've been saying, my kids are phenomenal. My kids are phenomenal. They are doing great. There's areas they're probably not doing great, 
I'm not going to walk around and say, oh, my kids are horrible. You know, oh, my kids, are, they're not smart enough. They're not, you know, I don't want to say it that way. Right? I've been walking out in the mornings and saying, I will be successful even in this economy because the rules don't apply to me. God's economy is doing just fine. And you know what? The rules don't apply to me. The world will say, you know, you're not going to do well in this economy, but they don't apply to me. Why? Because I said so. That's why. And you can do the same thing. It's about realizing who you are in Christ. We've all had a mountain that we felt like just wouldn't move. We've all had those mountains. You say, um, mountain moves, and, and, and it just seems like nothing seems to happen. I want to say that, I think I lost my place here. I want to say that having a passive way of reading scripture, it's possible that it could affect your authority. It could affect your authority. Because when you truly believe something in your heart, you will, you will defend it. You will fight for it. But when you're wavering, it seems like um, you know, you're not quite as, you're not quite as strong with it. You're not quite as bold with it. I've lost my place. <laughs> Came back here. I want to give you an example of, of something that, a situation that happened. So there was a, a person that was getting prayed for, having problems, and, and we're, you know, all standing around praying, and um, just normal prayer, just you know, and a fellow showed up. I don't even know who he was, but when he came in the room and prayed, stuff happened. I mean, a miracle happened. Then the guy leaves. And that is, I noticed stuff like that, and I was like, well, why didn't it happen when I was praying? You know what I mean? And I'll tell you why. It's because he walked in and knew who he was had authority, and I didn't. That's why. He walked in with the authority, prayed, and it happened, and left. He had authority, and we didn't. I feel like this, this um, wavering with, is, the, is this part of the Bible true? Is this part of the Bible not true? Kind of this wavering. The, the Bible, there's a scripture on that, um, James 1 and 8, and you, you can read it. It says, it talks about the double-minded man is unstable in his ways. And it's awfully easy to, with some scriptures, it, you know, to start wavering. It's just true. When you're not seeing results and when that mountain won't move and you begin to waver, I feel like that can affect your authority. When you're unstable with the Bible, your authority is just, it's affected, it is. But when you know who you are, when you've got the scripture, you believe with all your heart and you confess they're true, they're all true. When you pray, that mountain will move. If it doesn't move instant, it will move. Why? Because you have the authority with you. You're not wavering and you're not, you know, going back and forth. Sooner or later, mountain that you're praying for will move.
sooner or later that family member that's not saved will be saved. Sooner or later, that miracle that you've been waiting on, it will happen. If the scripture says it's so, it is so. We will not waver. We'll stand on the word no matter what happens. And in Romans 10 and verse 10, this is my last scripture. Says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made. And that just reassures me that your words, when you got saved, you confessed with your mouth. What you say matters. You're not just a nobody. The devil would like to have you think that that you're not a force to be reckoned with. The devil will have you think that you're just some person. That's not true. You are a force to be reckoned with, and what you say does matter. I once asked a lady, like I said, I have to be told everything because I don't, I don't just get it. <laughs> I said, why would the devil mess with me anyway? I never did nothing to the devil. She said, well, for one, you're made in the image of God. You look like God. When, when people see you, when, when angels see you, they might say, well, it looks like God. looks like Jesus. Devil hates Jesus. There's one reason why the devil would want to mess with you. Two, you're the only, you're the only thing on the planet that carries God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, with you. There's two reasons why. And you're a threat to the devil's kingdom. You're a big threat. Your prayers matter. You're the only one that can summon legions of angels, right? You can talk directly to God Almighty. You don't have to talk to anybody else. You can talk to God direct anytime you want to. You can pray anytime you want. That is why the devil would try to put a wedge in between you and the word. And so I hope that when you begin to read the word, I, I hope you can begin to take the stories and make them a little more personal. I, I struggle with just reading the Bible. I, li I like to pick something and study, study it. That's just me, I don't know. Because if I just read it, I <laughs> kind of doze off, you know. So I'm going to end with this, and I just want to pray. Sometimes it's okay for a Christian who has been in, in it a while to repent. And if we have let something come between us and the Bible, we have wavered on parts of the Bible, and it's true. Then we, then we've had doubt in our hearts. And it's okay to, with your mouth to repent for that. So if you would, could you stand with me? And I just want to, I want to say a prayer of repentance. And then I want to say a prayer of confession. That we 
but we confess that everything in the Bible is true. Let's just bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come with you, we come before you tonight, God. We confess, Lord, that if anything has, has wavered us, God, if we have been going back and forth, God, if we have had trouble uh, believing that every scripture in the Bible is true, God, we repent of that right now so that we can have our authority back, God. God, we can have our boldness back. Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit will begin to walk with us and talk with us, God, and that we begin to get bold in you, God. We begin to pray for miracles. We begin to pray for healing. We begin to pray for the sick. We begin to pray for our family members. God, we, we, those mountains that could not move, that would not move, that we've given up on, Lord, I pray that we no longer give up on those mountains and that we bring them back to life and we begin to pray against them once again because we will see results in the name of Jesus, I pray. I confess, we confess that every word in this Bible is true, Lord. God, and we thank you for your many blessings on our life. We thank you for just giving us the joy in our hearts, Lord. God, strengthen us, God. Show us the way, light our path, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen.